Welcome to our Agile Tales, where we share the various successes and trials we've encountered as we navigate corporate levels and political waters to transform the business to be adaptable to this forever changing world. Today, we have a special guest with us, Joe Justice. Joe works globally as an interim executive for Agile organizations, bringing multinational companies twice the work in half the time. He's a TEDx speaker and a guest lecturer at both MIT and Oxford University in England. In 2006, he applied Agile to automotive manufacturing, founded Team Wikispeed and set four world records. Joe joined Tesla in 2020, where he operated Agile at Tesla from the company headquarters. Let's welcome Joe as we bring him on to explore Agile at Tesla. Hi, Joe. Thank you so much for coming back for yet another episode of our Agile Tales. So we're going to explore Agile at Tesla. Let's dive right in. It's my pleasure, Moonway, JF. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for coming back, Joe. This time, I would like to explore more on the novel ways of working in Tesla. You mentioned before there are no presentations, no status reports. So how do people, especially executive management team, know where they are in terms of strategic goals? Sprint boards only show progress of teams, but strategic goals are not necessarily satisfied by one team. Or are they in Tesla? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So a group agile board is this huge, it's like a sprint board that shows at least four sprints at once and there's a row for each team. Looking at that, you can see a larger initiative at a glance. So if you're making Cybertruck and you have many teams developing the production system and the design simultaneously of different modules of Cybertruck, and ramping up the ability to produce first one and then 10. You then have a group Agile board for all of Cybertruck with a row for all of those products. You do have visualizations of who dynamically is currently associating themselves with each of those modules, but that changes. What changes much more slowly is what those modules are themselves. So those are relatively static rows. And then this all up board, the group Agile board is then per product composed of modules. Now there's another level up from that. There's a group Agile board of products. So there's a group Agile board where you can see the very top level of how many Model 3s are being made. What's the efficiency now? What's the CapEx versus spend per Model 3, per Model S, per Model X, per Cybertruck. And then the factory is itself also a product. So for Giga Texas, for Fremont, for Sparks Nevada, and there's also the battery cells themselves. Tesla buys a lot, but they also make as many as they can. So that's a product. So you have at the product level, and really it could be any mission or goal, but it tends to be products. Tesla is a very hardware focused company as is SpaceX. You have a group agile board, and that's composed of something that looks a lot like the normal team sprint boards that we're used to seeing, which is a value stream map of that team and something like post-its flow across the value stream map towards done. Nice. It's even more than just a regular agile board because it's not just tasks. It's also finance that you also reflect in there. That is fantastic. You also mentioned there are no meetings and just chat. Are all these chats done in person then or via an app or 
wouldn't these chats interrupt people during their work? I've heard a lot the from user experience design folks or engineering, they like heads down and hate being interrupted. So how do you explain that when people need to chat, especially after a few hours later? A lot of it's done through your phone, through chat apps, encrypted, secured chat apps, especially because these facilities are huge. These are some of the largest structures ever made by people. And the robot you want or the paint chemical mix you want or something you want might be in a very different place. <laughs> and so you are often riding a bike or in a conveyance or something going somewhere. When you're not actively piloting the thing, you can be firing off chat and receiving chat as needed. Now, part of what that instant availability makes is there's actually less chat. There's actually less noise. It's more targeted. You definitely don't need to be formal. It's not like an email. It's simply like, where's the QR code scanner? Or there's these like really cool scanner things. It's not normal QR codes, but anyway, where's that? That would be a chat. And you can easily think and fire that back. Now, deeply involved conversations, those are going to need to be face-to-face -face anyway. It's not like we're going to go into a cave VR tool and take the time to headset up and glove up and render everything in 3D so we can have a collaborative conversation. You're just going to wait till the person gets back on their bike. You're not going to wait. You're going to do the best you can. And then you'll get them up to speed as they arrive, and then you'll just start mobbing. You'll just continue mobbing. But it's a lot of chat through your phone, through encrypted messaging. I want to explore the fact about no meetings. How we understand it is meeting have been used for a number of different reasons. So first is maybe brainstorming and design. Now, from what I understand from the past episodes that you have already told us, that is actually happening in the team and the team is empowered. So no need for additional meetings, right? That's totally correct. It happens in the mob. Another reason for a meeting would be if you want to silo financial responsibility. A lot of traditional companies do this, like the Porsche family, Pierce family, owns the majority of Volkswagen Group, the voting majority. I think it's 40%, but it makes the voting majority. And that includes Porsche Car Company and Volkswagen Car Company and Lamborghini and et cetera, many, many companies. They want to make funding decisions as the board. So if you want to spend 10 million euro, you need to make a business case and have a meeting to present up towards them of how this will likely make 30 million euro. That's the model many traditional companies use is they want to silo and limit financial authority. And so that means either the person making the financial authority is doing the work with you so they understand the concept, or you have to take the time to explain it to them and justify it, which then creates meetings and reports. Well, Tesla doesn't do either of those things. Musk does have final funding authority what Musk chooses to do is make that to be a big pile of money that anyone can pull from almost as fast as they want. So you don't have to make any reports and there's no meeting. You can spend the money. Secondly, Musk is joining these mobs all the time, 80 hours a week. Musk is in the engineering. So there's no need to make a report. Even if you wanted to talk to Musk about it, Musk was doing that work recently, possibly even that day. So Musk has shared understanding. This is why an actual modern agile or group agile transformation is impossible 
for most company owners' ambitions, they would need to join the shop floor and release funding authority, two things that most wealthy entitled families find repugnant. That is very true. Another reason for meetings, at least in traditional companies, is information dissemination. That's usually a bad use of meeting, anyways. But I do have a question. As a company grows, it comes to a point where there are too many people, or that they are spread out in various locations. So there is a need for something like a company all hands, at least to let the employee know what's going on in the company. So how does Tesla deal with that? Well, it depends what you want people to be doing. People need to know as much as possible about their opportunity, what you wish for them to be doing. If what you want people to be doing is building ultra-efficient, beautiful cars, then you want a lot of information in front of them about ultra-efficient, beautiful cars, and that can be pushed through apps on their phone and through big monitors all across the facility. That's what you need to know. If you want everyone to know about the politics of who just got promoted to owning some department in another country, and applaud and clap for them while they get a glass pyramid shape, then you'd probably want a different structure. But that doesn't exist in Tesla. There aren't business units carved by geography. There aren't glass pyramid-shaped awards, and no one needs to stand up in an auditorium and clap. And there's no auditorium. What they want you to do is build cars. So for everybody, including Musk. And that is easy to communicate through apps and monitors around the factory. That is brilliant. Of course, there are also another reason why meetings are needed is decision making, which you mentioned about earlier about specifically the board decision making. But I also want to make it perhaps one level lower and maybe several level lower <laughs> because decision making needs to happen in all levels. I believe that is happening within the team, and again, the team is empowered, so there's no need for additional meetings. Is my understanding correct? Munway, you know it. You absolutely know it. You're very kind to ask the question in such a humble way, but I exactly agree with you. That seems to be the fact of it. Is if you needed to decide, should we fund making the heat pump more efficient or the charge port more efficient? That's a decision that ML is helping you make. Machine learning is helping you make. And it's stack ranked in the app as the options of projects. And honestly, both of those are so high value that those are happening concurrently with different teams. But if you have to force a stack ranking, ML is helping you do that. You wouldn't use a meeting to have human opinion and charisma try to determine that choice. That should be a choice based on physics, and it's a physics based of current rate of capex and opex, and that's all known. Those are all numbers. Machines are better at that than us anyway. So you're you're going to get feedback from machine learning algorithms, putting those in a ranking as to benefit near-term benefit to the company. Wonderful. So I think the last use of meetings that I can think of is collaborations. But then some people call those work sessions, which are not really meetings per se. And again, obviously those are happening within the team. Yeah. Yeah. So mob is, I think. The most modern understanding of what a productive work meeting can be that were the lean coffee format, and that happens all the time. In fact, that's your normal work. In fact, there's almost nothing other than that. So, if that's called a meeting, then Tesla's all meetings. But if a meeting is looking at your laptop while someone else talks, I never saw that, not even once. That makes total sense. Now it makes sense why says Tesla doesn't have meetings. 
Wow, Joe, that's quite a journey that you brought us through. What you described definitely opened our minds to new possibilities. Can you tell us what are some drawbacks to Tesla's culture and its way of working? Musk really does choose to work 100-hour weeks, and Musk really chooses to live a stoic, Spartan lifestyle. Musk lives in a $60,000 house in the desert. Actually, Musk doesn't live there. Musk is harsher than that. Musk actually sleeps in a sleeping bag at wherever the bottleneck is in any of the Musk facilities or any of the partner facilities even, any of the supplier facilities, and rarely even gets to go to Musk's $60,000 house in the desert. That would be a luxury by comparison. The culture really is, it'd be really good if you chose to do that too. You don't have to, but it'd be really good if you chose to do that too. There's great benefits to that. Musk is a productivity junkie, but self-trained, my opinion of Musk. I think that's truly a superpower of Elon. And that lets Elon hold on to the same context for a hundred hours in a week or even longer. Whereas most of us have many disruptions in contexts to anything we're working on. Musk does hold context for a long time and really work with and sit with problems deeply and continue to develop them for many hours continuously. The really healthy offshoot of that is Musk has structured the company with what the extreme program community calls shared ownership. You don't own anything. Musk doesn't own anything as an idea, as a concept. Everything is put into the company and it's different when you come back to it because other people are working it. Structurally, how Musk has made that really likely and almost effortlessly to happen is no one owns their own tool. You physically take whatever tools you are using, laptops, whatever else, and you hand them to the next person whenever you leave. You don't own it, whatever it is you're doing. A screwdriver, that's not yours. Of course, it's not yours, but it's not sitting in the same place you set it when you leave. You handed it to someone else. You saw them and you looked them in the eyes and they looked in your eyes and they are going to be working that thing for the next 12 hours. These 12-hour shifts, there's actually four of them the way it works because you don't work seven days necessarily. So there's multiple shifts, but in a day, two shifts, 12 and 12, enforces that. And then having the culture where you physically hand whatever you're working with and whatever you're working on to the next person, create shared ownership. That's what you want because now you have around the clock development. This is where I think some modern agilists can really improve the situation. Some modern agilists realize, well, you could do the same thing with four six hour shifts. And you can, you absolutely can. In fact, some round the world, round the clock development groups already do that to great effect. If you use some pretty well-established practices like open space and mob, it makes it culturally a rhythm to do that. The benefit is shared ownership and around the clock development. You can get that other ways than just being incredibly stoic like Musk is. I think where agilists do shine in a company like Tesla is seeing the principles that are working and find even healthier, even more respectful, even more comfortable ways to achieve those same principles. Very nice. So last question, and this is out of curiosity. 
how is the Gigafactory built out in 90 days? Yeah, it's, it's insane. It's insane. So part of it is you have these empowered, informed people, and that does reduce time waiting for decision-making. You don't wait for a meeting to solve a problem, especially even if it's high budget. What that means is many traditional waiting steps are knocked out. Another is the extreme manufacturing principles. You have these modular parallel executable chunks that are basically kit fabbed in chunks as a repeatable operation. Each time they're stood up, that is then a retrospective to improve the next batch as they're made. So the building is not made as one monolithic whole. It's a chain of these repeated modules, each with their own solar, their own plumbing, their fully independent little contiguous buildings. It's the same way SpaceX rockets are made. It's this stack of ribs, basically barrel sections. And each one is completely independent. You can actually build them in different orders and they do. And it's an autonomous process. So now you have a simpler engineering problem. How do we make this module of the building in a more efficient way? How can we automate some of the testing of this? How can we handle a wider array of different or defective material inputs? If the crane and fork trucks don't come today because problems happen, things get stuck, whatever. Is this building process even more resilient? How much of this could we do with 50 people focusing instead of machines if we had to, et cetera? And you'd become more and more resilient. You get structures built in 90 days. Now, what I love realizing is all around the world, this was normal during World War II. Construction of epic camps, intelligence centers, operation centers, and even factories were done on similar scale at similar speed. That wasn't my generation. I'm 42 years old. I wasn't alive. Some of those people still are, and they like to tell you about it. They'll often say most people stop listening after maybe two minutes unless they have a deep history interest. But those people, they've lived this, they've done it. This is not new to humans. It's new again in peacetime. It's new again. I hope this becomes the new normal in peacetime, but in a really respectful, loving way. Thank you so very much, Joe, for sharing with us Agile as Tesla. I sure have learned a lot. My mind is blown. And of course, it's full of possibilities. Now I'm eager to see, well, can I try some of these things out? But thank you so very much for sharing your knowledge with all of us. It is quite a journey. JF, won't you agree? Yes, yes, I agree. We really appreciate your stories, Joe. I want to work at Tesla now when I grow up. I will recommend, as I did it in some of the earlier podcasts too, that everyone works for at least 30 days in a Musk company. I will recommend that to everyone. I will, this is controversial. I will recommend that over college. I will recommend that over almost anything you could do. I wouldn't say in that amount of time, you're going to make a ton of money. If you buy stock, you could, but the point is treat it almost like an expense. Treat it like going to school. I think everybody, everyone should do that. Tesla absolutely accommodates injured veterans and people with disabilities of all types. I do think anyone should. The next thing I'll say is I don't think the goal is for every single human to work in a Musk company. I mean, you could, but I don't think that's the goal. I think a lot of new companies should be made that are this fast. 
The really cool thing about the Musk companies is the pace of innovation. That's it. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. what I wish is more people would find their own way. And maybe they'll use Group Agile, which I think is some of the principles, the best I could notice them. Maybe you'll find even more and call it your own thing or call it nothing, but do it. Fast pace of innovation is, I think, the exciting takeaway here. And I wish everyone would work in a company with that speed of innovation. Right now, it's almost only the Musk companies, truly. I've worked in most of them, the wealthiest companies around the world and with most of the world's top business personalities. And the speed is nothing like in the Musk companies. And it doesn't have to be that way. So please start your own company or start an initiative inside your current company and bring this speed of innovation sustainably. It's not about how fast you're going today. It's the net area under the curve over your lifetime. And make a fun workback schedule, the story of your life. What's all the cool innovation that you were a part of on all the teams that you helped make come more true? And that is a really inspiring way. I will encourage everyone to do that. If you want to do it with me, you can tweet to me at Joe Justice. I'm on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Zing. I would love that. You can reach out to me through this podcast, comments to this podcast. And my website is wikispeed.com, wikispeed.org. And for a business, if you want me to consult or train or be a rental board of advisors member for your company as you try to do this, that's abi-agile.com for Agile Business Institute, abi-agile.com. Love to work with you, love to collaborate. Let's make the world even more awesome. And Munway and JF, it is my honor and privilege If I'm lucky, maybe next year, we'll still do another session because hopefully we'll have all learned more. Yes. Thank you again, Joe. Appreciate the time you spent with us. That's it, folks. This concludes our series on Agile at Tesla. Next time, we're going to explore Agile in sales. So stay tuned. Thank you so much for listening to our Agile Tales. Feel free to ping us on our agiletales.com.